Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to influencers and leaders in the wine industry, winemakers, restaurants, and other businesses. Tune in every Wednesday and Friday for our latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you do not miss out. Now, to get on with the show. Today I'm talking to Laurie Cooper of Abingdon Estate. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning, Will. I'd love to hear a bit more about yourself and um, how you became involved in the wine industry. Yeah, so I am, my kind of journey in wine is is probably a short one, but a fast-tracked one. Um, It goes back to, my parents started Abingdon back in 2004. So I've Throughout school, I kind of, I was involved in the industry and then my parents were running a wine estate, but I never had any interest in it. I don't really remember much of it. Um, It was only much later, around 2012, I was living in London and I finally decided to do just a a quick wine course because I really needed to know more about wine. Um, And that was kind of the, the beginning of being completely sucked in and immersed in this industry. And from, from one short wine course to uh, my WSET diploma, um, I then came home, started to join the farm uh, full-time, so I did the winemaking with my dad, opened the wine school so that I could run the WSET courses and, and and then got involved on kind of sommelier side of things, and so went into my sommelier qualifications, won the Moten Shandong Best Young Sommelier last year, and awesome. I'm currently on the Master of Wine program. So it's, it's been kind of a whirlwind, um, but, but loved every minute of it. Tell us a bit more about this MOET program. That sounds exciting. And, and congratulations on winning. Thank you. So it's, as I said, my history is a lot more on the, the study of wine, the wine tasting. And I've never really been involved in the sommelier uh, service side of things. So I did the qualification just to kind of better myself and also because I was running those courses and wanted to be able to teach it. And I thought I'd just enter the competition on a bit of a whim, really. Uh, so it was the Moten Shandong Best Young Sommelier, which took place in October last year. And we went through the quarterfinals, the semifinals. The next thing I found myself in the finals and, and won it. So it's, yeah, that side of things is also taking off and being a great, great journey. That's awesome. So tell me, how did your parents start making wine in KZN? Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm from, I'm from um, the Cape. So I was actually, I didn't even know you guys were making wine there, to be honest. So I, I feel, yeah, I, you, I, you know, it's, I was ashamed of myself. But, but anyway, tell us a bit more how you started and a little bit of the history of Abington Estate. Yeah, I suppose you could, you could call it brilliance or sheer madness. Uh, so my dad, he, he, we moved from Johannesburg. We were based, my parents were based in Johannesburg and moved to Abingdon back in 2000. And they bought the farm with absolutely no plans to make wine. My dad is a petroleum engineer, has absolutely no experience in winemaking at all. Um, but the more Ian looked at the land and the more he wanted to do something with it, he kept coming up with different ideas. And he was, we were actually in, in the Alps. And he saw these vineyards and 
it just something just triggered and he just thought you know what if if you can make wines in extreme climates if you can make them in wetter climates at altitude why aren't there any vineyards in natal so he started researching it and he started researching this idea came about in about 2002 and in 2004 he planted the first vines so everything he's done from the beginning then um, was 100% self-taught. He has no experience in wine, Cuisine Natal had no vineyards, uh, but he's just an incredibly determined, stubborn, uh, hardworking man and he decided to make it happen. So in 2007, we produced our first KZN estate wine. What an awesome story. Now that you mentioned the, the, the Swiss Alps, um, I mean, um, some of the best wine in Europe are made and then obviously consumed right there because it's not a lot of um, uh, volume that can be produced in, in those extreme climates. Are you finding the same um, volume type of um, thing that you're producing small amounts? Yeah, so we're a, we're a very small, small estate. We're about three and a half hectares under vine. Um, and it's exactly that. In an extreme climate, you know, for us, we want to be able to make sure that we are focusing on the quality and not the quantity. And the bigger you go, obviously, things like summer rainfall, you know, you've got to manage your rot, your hands on maintenance and canopy management is so big that it would just be silly to try and produce on a mass scale. You just can't keep on top of it. So we do keep it small. Um, it's small production. And it just means that we can really, as a family, stay on top of the viticulture and make sure that we are, we're monitoring everything and we're really looking after the vines in this kind of a climate. But well, it sounds like you're the only one producing KZN, am I right? Uh, there's three of us. So on a commercial level, there's yeah now three producers. So Abingdon is the oldest, and we produced the first estate wines out of KZN. Um, and then since then, Highgate Wine Estate is just across the valley. They've um, producing and they've joined us. And there's also a Cathedral Peak Cellars, um, of course, Cathedral yes. Peak Wines. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you think there's growth in the industry there? Do you see opportunity for for more um, vineyards to be planted? Absolutely, I hope so. Um, I think, especially with global warming, we're starting to see, you know, the, the quality this year was sensational. We're starting to see warmer days, we're seeing less rain, our, our season is becoming drier and drier. Um, and so I think there's huge potential to, to build uh, KZN as a wine region and get more wine estates. We've got beautiful altitudes, so Abingdon sits at 1140 meters. Um, so beautiful altitude with dry, the season getting drier, those cold, cold winters. It's, it's a lovely place to be. It's amazing. Um, uh, it, the global warming seems to be having an effect everywhere. I've been to, uh, I think, what's the place called? Denby Wine Estate in Surrey in England, mm -hmm. yes. which um, they used to have warmers in their vineyards to actually eat their vines during the cold winter days. And the last few years, they haven't needed it, and also the quality of the wines have improved significantly because of you know yeah. the warming effect. Yep, I think there's there's certainly places that we thought wouldn't produce previously are now are now in the limelight, and yeah, the UK is definitely one of them. Yeah, amazing. So, what can you best experience when visiting your estate? What do you have there? So we we focus on. We're a family wine estate and we want you to be able to, to really experience that. So on the estate, we have a tasting room and we have a wine bar that serves tapas style meals on the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, 
And we always want you to know that if you do come to Abingdon, you will meet one of us. You'll meet, you'll be able to speak to one of the winemakers, either myself or Ian. Um, Jane does all the cooking. Jane's my mother. She does all the cooking. Um, and we're very much involved. And there's always a bustling atmosphere. You get to taste a range of all our wines. Um, and it's just that really personal experience um, that we hope to be able to give people when they visit. So the fact that you're calling it a wine bar um, um, beside the tasting room um, sounds to me like you like almost there must be some locals coming and it's almost a place where people come to hang out on weekends on a regular basis. Is this true? Very much so, yeah. So we've um, been very privileged that I would say for about the last five to six years, most weekends are fully booked. Um, wow. And we've got repeat customers. A lot of our Durban-based guests travel to us for lunch. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, we've been very successful. Uh, last year, we won the American Express Dining Awards, the best kept secret in the country. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great place. That's, that's always going to be busy and, and hopefully an experience. Amazing. So Laurie, now to the important stuff, tell us a bit more about the wines that you are making there. So we make quite a, for a small estate, we make a range of different wines, um, from, well, MCC, although we don't call them method cup classique, we call it a method traditional. Um, so we've got a Chardonnay Blanc de Blanc, we've got a Rosé style MCC, we also have a Viognier Petnat. Um, in terms of the white wines, we have Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay and Viognier. On the red wines, we have Syrah, Cabernet Sauvignon and a Nebbiolo, which we produced the first, um, our first vintage this year. And they, so a range of different wines we like to be able to experience, um, experiment. There's always one or two different blends or different wines that we produce each year just to give you something different. But we hope that they give you a uniquely KZN profile. So everything we do is 100% estate wines. It's all from the farms. And we want you to be able to, to hopefully taste that difference, to, to taste KZN wines, uh, that continental aspect, that lovely fresh acidity, the elegance that comes with them. So we're never going to make a full-bodied, big, bold, uh, rich style of Mediterranean-style wine, but we do make something that's uniquely KZN. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a great a great start for me, I think, in my winemaking journey to be able to come to a family estate where we can experiment um, and play around, and yeah, we have great fun. Amazing. So. Where are your wines sold? Um, are you exporting them or local market? What's, what, what happens? So about 98% um, are sold from, from the estate, uh, cellar door. So we are listed in a few restaurants um, and hotels around the province, but most of them are sold from, from the farm. And I think a large part of that was the decision that we didn't want to be in a bottle store, we didn't want to be a wine on the shelf. We wanted people to come visit us to hear the store. Um, we don't export at the moment. Uh, it possibly would be something that we'll look into in the future. But again, it was just making sure that we looked after our local base, making sure that we got to the point where as a young wine estate, we had consistent production. We were happy with the quality. We were, were building a name in our local base um, before looking at any other options. I understand that. Are you, um, I mean, with your wine bar being 
popular and also the local market there. Would you consider maybe expanding to restaurant? Is that something in your in your pipeline? Definitely, yeah. So there's we've been very lucky with a lot of our listings so far have been um, great listings. So things like the Oyster Box Hotel, Hartford House, Ninth Avenue. Um, we've been able to be quite selective, um, which has been fantastic. And it's it's only really in this last year that we've managed to see out a full year with our wines. So previously, they were selling out within two, three months, and we would spend most of the year with no wine, wow. which as a wine estate becomes a little difficult if people are coming to your tasting to taste your wines. Um, there was one December was our busy, busiest period of the year, and we, we closed. We had no wine. So a lot of it in previous years has also been just looking after the tasting room and making sure we have the stock so that people who visit the estate will be able to, to taste our wines. And going forward now that we are slowly, the newer blocks are kicking in, we've got larger production and we can start to look at, at those other options. The other, the other producers, can you buy in from them or are they also using their own their, their stock to full capacity? Um, so we're the, as far as I'm aware, we're the only registered estate um, in Kaysen. So everything we do will be 100% from the farm. Okay. Um, I know that I think, you know, the others, Highgate, they still Kaysen, in, but they, they might have bought some grapes from, um, I think there's a Hilton vineyard. Um, so it's, it's still keeping it within KZN, but for us, we are 100% estate grown and we will always keep it 100% estate grown. So both this year is a small harvest um, and we wish we had more, but that's, that's the way it is and it will stay 100% Abingdon. So a small harvest is a small harvest. <laughs> Laurie, right now about this, uh, the next thing looks like your baby, um, the Kaiserdin School of Wine. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Mm. So my um, original journey was all through the Wine and Spirit Education Trust in the UK, so WACT. And I, I went through to my diploma level when I moved home. And at the, at the time I moved back, there was only one other uh, school. Uh, for WACT, which Kathy Marston's running in the Cape. And I really wanted to, to offer something on the East Coast and to be able to, to offer the courses, which are wonderful courses, um, internationally recognized WACT wine courses. And I wanted to be able to bring that to KZN. So I decided to open the school, um, which was back in 2014, I think. And, and run a range of different classes so that we could offer wine courses in Natal um, and to anyone just, I'm really passionate about wine education and just be able to expand that. So yeah, the Kezidin School of Wine is run on the farm and we run different courses from really fun, quick one day courses through to the WSCT level three, a lot more intense courses. Well, I suppose for the growth in tourism in South Africa, the last few years um, demand from hotels and places like that who need um, you know, people who are educated in wine has also grown. Exactly, yeah. And it's, I think, especially for KZN, you know, we don't have that history of a wine culture. Mm. We, we need, um, I think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of the, the service and the wine education. Just a quick interruption, but I do need to remind you that we are currently in a very difficult time. The South African government has set up a fund where businesses and individuals 
can donate to support our country through this crisis. Go to the website now and add your small donation. www.solidarityfund.co.za Please join us all in the fight against COVID-19. That is at www.solidarityfund.co.za Now, let's get on with the show. So, um, Laurie, the, the, the thing that has, you know, on our minds all the time with the lockdown and everything, the coronavirus, and um, this has forced everyone to rethink their business model. Um, mm. Do you have any changes or new ideas in mind, maybe online sales? What are you guys thinking? Um, yeah, I think it's certainly forced everyone to to relook at things. Um, so it's obviously, I think hospitality has been hit in a huge way, um, and with the ban of alcohol sales, the wine industry, it's it's tough times for us. So I think everybody needs to to be able to look at, at different ways to move forward. Um, anything that is digitally minded, I think, is a great way at the moment. I think. You know, Corona really has brought about kind of a digital transformation of business. Um, so, yeah, online sales is definitely once we can open sales, that will be fantastic for us. Um, and I think what we've really been focusing on is what we've seen throughout this time was the support we've had, um, which has been really fantastic is just just those really loyal supporters who have wanted to, and I think we've seen it across the industry, um, wanting to help those who, who can't drum up business at this time. So we've really had an unbelievable response of those who want to be there for us, show their support, uh, buy wines for, for after lockdown. And a large part of our kind of ideas moving forward is also around how do we give back to these people? Because mm. a lot of them have been with Abingdon since day one. They've bought our first vintage. They, they've been there and they keep buying. And I think we, you know, as a family, we had a big discussion as to, right, when this, when this is over, we need to, to find a way to give back, whether it's through wine clubs and invitation to events and verticals of our old vintages um, and just being able to support those who've really shown their support, not only through this period, but also just from the beginning. And that's that's really humbling. That's been a really lovely kind of in this period, which which is not ideal. It's been it's been really great to see. And so now it's just that I think is our ideas is right. It's it's time to give back. Well, that's awesome. I mean, um, it's amazing how this whole thing has brought people together. Um, also, with your education um, um, side, I think the potential, the, a lot of things can be digitized and, and taken online, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've seen, again, huge support from, from kind of WACT um, courses and wine courses as to right, how can we help you to continue to run your courses? So. A lot of them, and I mean, you see it on Instagram, it's fantastic just to watch, you know, different chefs cooking and, and how many people are starting to do lectures. So, yeah, we're starting to, to look at ways to lecture online. Um, we have our online courses, different ways to run the exams, to, to get the materials. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of change coming in. And, you know, this is a time where people are home and maybe not as busy as they usually would have been. So it's a perfect time to start courses and to start 
something. Well, like um, we, yeah. No, uh, apologies. Like you say, you know, people are sitting at home, so they might as well learn something. Exactly. Yeah. So we we're really looking at ways we have a great online support um, and ways that we can continue those courses online. Right. Your wine journey. Tell us uh, what is the most important thing that you've learned from your wine journey. Um, I think for me, because it's been a short wine journey, yet kind of a fast-track wine journey, um, you're always learning. And if there's anything I think that I've learned or what I've found most important is that you never stop learning. So it's, it's, it's always to, to just to stay humble. It doesn't really matter whether you've had two years in the industry or 60 years in the industry, you are always going to learn something new. Something's going to be thrown at you. You never, ever know enough. And I mean, especially in, in things like KZN and New Region, we are still learning every day, every time we think, okay, we've got it. Uh, you learn something new. And the same thing with the courses. It's just every time I've, I've, I've done another qualification or I've finished another book, something else gets thrown at you. So I think it is really a way of, of teaching you to stay humble because this is a lifetime journey. I don't think I'm ever going to know enough. Um, so yeah, just keep, keep learning. You'll, you'll never know enough. Well, it's awesome that as a winemaker, you can actually learn from your dad. Um, and also um, what I'd like to know, your family's philosophy on winemaking. Can you sum that up a little bit for us? Yeah, I think, you know, I really admire my father and his his philosophy. From the beginning, it's always been 100% quality driven and integrity. Um, and he, you know, we, you'll see, of course, in a family business, you have debates and, and heated discussions, shall we say. Um, the amount of times my mum and I are saying, oh, you know, Ian's done it again. You know, he's, I don't know pruned this vine in so that we can have a healthy crop um time four years time and he's he's been so stringent on making sure that even if you make sacrifices in a year two years three years by the time you get to the long-term goal um you'll be in the right place and i think you really admire that so it's never been there's no shortcuts um it's always been, he's thrown 100% into it. And it's, it's been, I suppose, integrity and, and quality. So everything we've done is we're not just going to be, you know, the small guys trying to make, make some wine. Let's, let's do this with the aim to produce quality from the very beginning. Um, and even if, if that costs you short term, let's do it for the long term. Which he started from the beginning. Um, and I was industry and when you become involved as a second generation that's when you really appreciate it is <laughs> thanks dad <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's awesome um laurie um, last question you're very you're do you have a favorite wine quote or do you have your own wine quote Ooh, um <laughs> i have lots of them all right uh, probably not all soon but um I was thinking, yeah, there was something I read the other day that um, kind of struck home with me and it said, wine is not only an object of pleasure, but an object of knowledge. And the level of that pleasure depends greatly on the knowledge. And that 
that really struck home with me because I, I the more you know about my wine the more knowledge you have the more you appreciate it the more you want to know um and that's really lovely because you know that knowledge of wine gives you the pleasure but also we're in the fortunate position where the pleasure of wine gives you the knowledge um and that to me i think has always been my journey in wine is is knowing more about wine is being passionate enough to continue studying studying it um, so that you can get greater joy out of it and we're just yeah we're really lucky that the study of wine is also drinking it awesome laurie if our listen, listeners wants to find your estate or they want to find your wines um, or they want to find you online how do they get hold of you yep so the estate is abingdon wine estate um, so our website is www.abingdonestate.co.za um, the school is the KZN School of Wine. So likewise, www.kznschoolofwine.co.za. And we should, on the website, um, you'll see the full range of wines. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email. We always have updated uh, lists. And, and yeah, we can, we can send, send to the Cape. That's awesome. That's awesome. Laurie, thank you for, for spending time with us and um, I appreciate the time you've taken and uh, good luck with the rest of the lockdown and um, the rest of your year. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.